On the latest episode of the new title drop, Anna, Angela, and Melanie talk about what genres they're into right now, as well as their picks for titles to check out this month. This is the new title drop for May 2023. Hello, and welcome to uh, a new mini episode of The Book Drop, where we share new, new titles coming out this month. This will be our May edition. I'm Anna Wilcoxon, and I am at the downtown branch. Uh, I am the diversity and inclusion librarian for OPL. Hi, I'm Angela Fernandez, and I am a collection development librarian. And I'm Melanie Schultz, and I'm also a collection development librarian. Sweet. Uh, so before we get into your guys' picks for this month, I would love to hear... If there are any, like, if you're into any certain genre right now, if you're into a certain vibe of book. Well, I've been like, I've been into retelling so much and now it's morphed and you'll see with one of my choices this week, it's morphed into mythologies. Cool. So it started with fairy tales, but now it's mythologies all over the place. And then that's grow. Like, I feel like it's going to minimize but it just keeps getting bigger. Like there's more and more things I want to read and thankfully it's trendy right now. So there's a ton of yeah. books that are coming out. Excellent. Yeah. You're on point on trend as usual. Angela. Yes. yes. Yeah, Either that. that or like very serious, depressing nonfiction. So that, <laughs> like, I have very different, it's different a balance. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I was, kind of trying to look back at like the last couple of books I read to see if there's any kind of theme that's coming up but it's just it's just kind of scattered like I go from fiction to nonfiction and mix up the genres like family fiction or memoirs um usually a good thriller somewhere in there so nice. yeah just kind of all over the place yeah right now. <laughs> that's usually the mode I'm in too I yeah I feel like I like have like a almost like a reactive reader where like I'll read something and I'm like I need to get out of this mindset and then I want to read something that's yeah. really different but I have right. noticed lately I've been reading a lot of millennial fiction or I guess I've read like maybe three books in a row that I kind of categorize as that which is kind of unusual for me but it's been fun but now I'm like okay I'm over it I don't want to read like I want to read something very different so like something maybe yeah. like I don't know I don't know what I'm going to read. So next, what, ma- what makes something millennial fiction? So I think uh, some of the common, like, so often they're about like kind of messy young women, <laughs> I guess, like people who like, um, and there's often like a theme of like nihilism in them, I feel mm-hmm. like, where it's just kind of like, everything's a mess and nothing matters. And, and I like, um, so they're often like struggling with like jobs they find kind of unfulfilling or meaningless and also relationships that they often find like unfulfilling (laughs) or um yeah it's kind of I guess like books that kind of have like a feel of like modern malaise almost like I know like Otessa Moshvig's year of rest and relaxation is one of them like I read a book called Exalted by Anna Dorn which felt very like I mean one of the characters was a woman that was like uh, in her forties, but the other one was like very much feel like I felt like a very like kind of classic like jaded LA millennial girl. Like um, I read Big Swiss, which feels like a millennial novel to me by Jen Began. Um Yeah, I feel like it's like very unserious, and also a lot of the characters are not 
in, like uh, they're not like 100% likable. Like they're often they're making decisions where you're like you want to like shake them. Like why? <laughs> like why are you like? <laughs> yeah, you're being so stupid. Like why are you doing this? Like, uh, but I think yeah. So I just yeah, it's just kind of people with like messy lives in a contemporary setting trying to like find meaning in any of it and slogging through you know through it all yeah (laughs) i'm sure there are more elegant descriptions of millennial fiction out there but that's my the quick one that you all are going to get today from me um so i would love to hear what titles you guys are excited about so tell me what your picks are for this month Great. Uh, so the first one that I have to talk about is called The Wishing Game by Meg Schaefer. This one comes out May 30th. Lucy was a lonely child obsessed with a book series called Clock Island in her youth. Now she's 26 and she finds out that the author of the series, Jack Masterson, has announced that after a six-year retirement, he is writing a new book and holding a contest at the real Clock Island, his home, where four contestants will compete to win the single copy. Lucy and three other super fans get invited to compete in a series of challenges and riddles in this book that sort of feels like it could be a Willy Wonka for literary fans. With some noted twists and turns along the way, this looks to be an adventurous and emotional read. Mm. That's fun. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds like a lot of fun. Like most of the things that I've been reading that have that kind of competition are horror. (laughs) The prize is not dying. (laughs) I'm thinking of like somebody falling into chocolate river. Hopefully it doesn't turn into a horror. (laughs) So my first one, um, I have a guess for one of our coworkers who might like it. Um, So let's see if you all can guess who I'm thinking of. So it's called Our Hideous Progeny by C.E. McGill that comes out May 9th. It's not the monster you must fear, but the monster it makes of men. This book centers around Victor Frankenstein's great niece, Mary, and her quest for success in the field of paleontology, despite limited resources and the prejudice she faces as a woman in the field with lack of formal education. Described as scrumptiously gothic, this story takes place in the 1850s and explores the secrets of Dr. Frankenstein's legacy since his long-ago disappearance in the Arctic. Mary and her geologist (laughs) husband go on a quest to discover the truth and make their name, but they must first unravel the past and contend with their competitors. This debut novel is described by critics as gripping, passionate, and multi-layered. And this is a book I can't wait to explore. The author puts it like this. It's Frankenstein, but like uh, with dinosaurs. Need I say more? (laughs) You had me at scrumptiously gothic. (laughs) (laughs) So who was I thinking of? I mean, paleontology is like, that was what I knew. I was like, because at first I was like, this could be a few different people. But then when you hit upon that, I was like, oh, this is for Aaron. So shout out to Aaron. (laughs) excellent all right my next one is called wild things by laura k this one comes out may 23rd and this one sounds a little like it might be like an lgbtq bridget jones diary meets hgtv style home renovations okay Uh, it's a story yeah so it's a group of four friends who move away from their hectic london lives and they go by a fixer-upper in the english countryside And this is just what Elle needs to break away from her dead-end job and maybe relax a little. 
But the only problem is that Elle is hopelessly in love with her best friend, Ray, who is one of the four moving into the house. And obviously you can only live with your secret crush for so long before something (laughs) is bound to happen. At least that's the case for romance novels. (laughs) The title, Wild Things, comes from Elle's New Year's resolution that this is the year that she will be more wild and not so uptight. So we'll see how that plays out in the story as well. Book list review says that this is a slow burn romance balanced by well-developed secondary characters, snappy dialogue, and fun farm animals named after characters from Twilight. (laughs) Twist. Yeah. So if you're looking for something light and funny, it sounds like this could be for you. Or if you're a super Twilight fan. (laughs) You have like really fun light ones. Um, (laughs) Balance, Angela. Balance. Yes. Yes. (laughs) My next one is like, it's it's lighter than my usual. I go darker. Yes. (laughs) So um, this one was the one that I was talking about that is in my mythology, like, realm right now and i read it this weekend um psyche and eros by luna mcnamara comes out on the 25th of may so after reading song of achilles like i said i entered in this mythology phase and so i've been reading so many retellings and this cover is so beautiful i feel like i pick all the books that are coming out with the beautiful floral covers Um, I was really excited to see this book release. It centers around the story of Psyche, who longs for more out of life than what is traditionally afforded to a woman in her society. Meanwhile, Eros is lavishly leading the life of a god, but with little passion, ironically, for his position as the god of carnal love. So when Psyche angers Aphrodite, she asks him to help her to curse the girl who is unaware of her transgression. Unfortunately, Eros inadvertently puts the curse on himself and is now destined to live the torments and joys of love. I read it this weekend and it was completely captivating and the characters come across so fully dimensional that even when they made me angry, I forgave them. (laughs) So ultimately, this story is about dimensions of love and what it means to truly be a hero. Nice. That doesn't sound that heavy. Right. No, I, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. This one, was, this one, this one was like, all, like it was all basically kind of a romance. Uh-huh. You know, like, yeah. we don't know if there's a happy ending, so we can't say it's a true romance mm-hmm. until we know. But it does have a lot of those sweet themes. Yeah, yeah, very good. All right, my next one is Paper Names by Susie Luo. This releases May second. Um, and I'm sometimes a fan of like the intergenerational stories that span multiple decades. And this book is just that. It follows Tony, a Chinese immigrant, his first generation nine-year-old daughter, Tammy, and then Oliver, a white lawyer. Oliver lives in the fancy apartment building that Tony works at as a handyman. Tony is described as having a quick temper and Oliver is described as having a troubled family past. A violent attack brings these men into each other's lives. The story starting in 1997 is told from the different perspectives of Tony, Oliver, and Tammy. And according to Kirkus Reviews, it has themes of generational differences, anti-Asian racism, the dogged pursuit of the American dream, and the challenges of dating across racial lines. Mm. That's got a lot. Yeah, I I love the (laughs) multi-generational stuff. That always gets me. Okay, so let's move into some YA speculative fiction. I usually don't go into YA, but I just, I saw this one and I was just, I 
just said I have to do it. So <laughs> it's called We Don't Swim Here by Vincent Tirado. Uh, this novel follows the alternating voice of two cousins dealing with literal ghosts from their family's past. Bronwyn has become has come to the town because her mother is her grandmother is in hospice and her father has to put his affairs in order. She's in a bad place and needs to let off some steam. As a competitive swimmer, she is frustrated to hear ominous warnings about going in the nearby water. She has a deep need to explore. Meanwhile, her cousin Anais, who has always lived there, knows the dangers and attempts to keep a low profile so they will not garner the attention of vengeful spirits. The book is described as a creepy, mysterious roller coaster of a novel, a queer, heart-pounding thrill ride, and a breathtaking read-in-one-sitting novel. Sounds nice. good. Yes. <laughs> um, my last one is also a YA book, Warrior Girl Unearthed by Angeline Boley. This one comes out May 2nd. And I am so excited for this second book by the author of the award-winning Firekeeper's Daughter. Mm -hmm. This one is set in the same location on Sugar Island, and it follows Perry Firekeeper Birch, a relative of Donis from Firekeeper's Daughter, who also makes an appearance in this book. Perry becomes aware of a number of ancestral remains and sacred items that are being held in the local university and begins learning all that she can about the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act in order to try to get these artifacts back to her tribe. Meanwhile, a number of missing indigenous women rises in their area and a murder mystery unravels. I think that this young adult thriller should hopefully tide us over as we're waiting for the Netflix adaptation of The Firekeeper's Daughter to be released. That's been on my list forever. Now I have so both of them yes. on my list. Yes. That's, the list just always <laughs> grows. You just have to accept it. We Our lists are never ending, always expanding. We will never, we will never make it through our list. But we got to try. That's right. Some, like people ask me if that gives me anxiety and the answer is no, it's eternal joy. Right? Yeah. Like it, we always have something good coming. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. It, if the list ended, do you imagine the sorrow of like, there's no more books to read. I'm done. What a, yeah, who wants to live that way? Come on. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> Terrible. So I have one last one. And it's nonfiction. It's a memoir and a manifesto on reimagining. It is out May 16th. A Renaissance of Our Own by Rachel E. Cargill is a beautiful testament to possibility. This book allows the reader to witness both the pain and the heartbreak that comes from that comes from imagined limitations and explores the fuller possibilities of complete identity. How can we align our values with our lives personally and professionally and thrive? This book invites us to imagine the possibilities that can manifest by just giving them permission to exist. Through vulnerability and powerful storytelling, this book provides a space for its readers to look for their own deepest truths and explore their potential. Gabrielle Union says of this book, Rachel shows that the closer we get to our own true light, the brighter we may shine for the world. You will celebrate, you will mourn, but ultimately you will leave these pages change, change for the better. And is called um, and is called Magical and Shapeshifting by Sonia Renee Taylor, author of The Body Is Not an Apology. This book is memoir, art, and a call to action toward the self. Actually, I already have this one on hold. <laughs> May 16th. Yeah. May 16th. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I follow her on Instagram and I love her. So I can't, I'm nice. excited to read. Isn't it beautiful, yeah. the cover? Oh my gosh, yeah, really. 
going. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to say you have such good picks. Thank you. Um, so all the titles that we mentioned today can be found in a list in our episode description. Stop by on the first Tuesday of every month to hear about new books coming out uh, that month. Don't forget to watch for our full-length episodes on Fridays on your favorite podcast app. That is our episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank Thank you. you. The Book Drop is produced by Omaha Public Library. Our theme music is Trapped in Amber, courtesy of the band Lucid Fugue. Don't forget to subscribe to The Book Drop on your favorite podcast app and like and follow Omaha Public Library on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll talk to you next time on The Book Drop. (laughs) 